you get a diagnosis, you have a thing, right? You have right. A, a structural or a functional thing happening in your body that causes these symptoms and they don't really know how to make them go away completely. And so it gets labeled as incurable, which is always a hard one for me. Yeah, especially, especially having it said out loud in the world. Yes, yes. Um, and because we believe it. If a medical yeah. doctor tells us this isn't this isn't curable, right. we believe it because they have they're the expert, you know. Right. I would like to change that focus into no, you are the expert of your own body, but right. You know, we'll get into that, I guess, at some point. Welcome to Soma Speaks. We're glad you're tuning in. Laura, anything? Episode three. Episode three. Trace. This is still kind of new to us, but maybe at some point we'll stop saying that and it'll just be old hat. Right. After like the 20th episode, we'll be like, yeah, this isn't new anymore. But with every episode, um, of course, we're chatting afterward and we're coming up with future podcast ideas. And today's, I believe, is going to be on diagnosis versus prognosis. Excellent. Because I bet everybody listening has had something diagnosed and some sort of prognosis attached to it, no matter how big or how small. So we'll dive into that. And um, yeah. I think I want to start with this little quote that I may be misquoting to some degree. So this is not verbatim, um, but this is a quote by Wayne Dyer that I hold near and dear to my heart. Uh, When given a diagnosis, one can prepare to suffer or begin to heal. And I love that as a jumping off point. Yeah. Um, And then really understanding the difference between a diagnosis and a prognosis. Right. So a diagnosis, when you go... You have symptoms. Yeah, let's start. With, let's start with a fictional or based on reality uh, example. Okay, so a guy wakes up one morning and he can't see out of his left eye, and he walks around like that for a couple of days before he decides maybe he should go get it checked out, right? And he goes note, to the note that it's a guy. But I'm pumped. you poor okay, guys. Okay, I'm whatever. So sorry, she didn't mean it. I'm just playing. Uh, but it's a little bit true. Guys tend to be a little less um, run to the doctor yeah. kind of ish about their life. But anyway, um, this particular character um, went to the doctor and they did some tests, and his vision eventually did come back. But um, that initial symptom, after months of um, searching, um, came up with a diagnosis, prompted the diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple of different kinds of multiple, multiple sclerosis. We're just going to call it MS, MS because that is so hard to say. Right. Um, uh, this gentleman's, uh, type of MS is relapsing, remitting, um, which, which means, means yeah. the symptoms can come on strong from time to time and then they 
they peel back a little bit and you don't notice them. And so someone could have this for a number of years and not really recognize the symptoms because they think, I'm just tired. I, I worked really hard last week or, right. you know, oh, I just got over a bug or whatever, or I have a lot of stress in my life. So um, it can go on for some time before you get that quote unquote diagnosis. Right. Um, and then the prognosis is always based on um, the type of disease or disorder you have or condition. Um, and so his particular prognosis was, um, well, some people that have this are in a wheelchair in a year from now. And some people that have this, you know, go on to lead a normal life and never the have the entire a, range can never happen again. Like they don't, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have a whole lot of, um, and is that true? It is a little bit. But you true. have a chunk of symptoms that bother you for a while and you get diagnosed with MS and then they recede and that's it right there there have been cases where that happens i think that's kind of rare but part of part of why i think that's rare is because of Mm. the diagnosis Mm. you get a diagnosis you have a thing right you have a a structural or a functional thing happening in your body that causes these symptoms and they don't really know how to make them go away completely and so it gets labeled as incurable which is always a hard one for me to yeah, especially, to, especially having it said out loud in the world. Yes. Yes. Um, and because we believe it. If a medical yeah. doctor tells us this isn't, this isn't curable, right. we believe it because they have, they're the expert, you know? Right. I would like to change that focus into, no, you are the expert of your own body, but right. You know, we'll get into that, I guess at some point. Um, so, so that's a diagnosis. You, you have a battery of tests they, right. based on your symptoms, and then they come up with uh, a diagnosis, and then the prognosis is what that diagnosis is going to do to you. It, it, on the average for most people with this diagnosis. Right. Is that right? Um, How is the prognosis determined if they don't really know this patient? Right. Right, exactly. It's determined. That's that's kind of the point. Is it's based on other people's experiences that have come before you that had the same medical journals, documented cases, and the more people that have Mm -hmm. this, the more people buy into that, so that that continues to hold true, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. if it's not. Even if it doesn't have to. My brain is snowballing on topics that fit into this world. Are you? Yeah. Well, not not for this podcast, but the whole hive mind. Basically. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's a right. similar. Right. That's an appropriate thing to say. Yeah. Um, so diagnosed with MS. Yeah. The and it, prognosis is wheelchair or not. Right. You're going to have these episodes mm-hmm. and there'll be there's spasms that happen in the body. There's uh, muscle tightness that happens. There's fatigue, walk, feeling like you're walking underwater, basically. Mm. Your legs mm. are feeling real heavy. Like there's a lot of symptoms that go along with this uh, that are common from person to person. So this particular individual um, was probably in a little bit of denial in the beginning. Um, and I think most people might be. I think, be. yeah. Because that's like, kind of a big one, right? Yeah, it is. And MS is not the kind of thing that they can just do a blood test and say, oh, yep, sorry, you're positive. You know, it's a, this is more of a diagnosis through a process of elimination of other things that right. it could be, like Lyme's disease or, you know. I would love to know the percentage of diagnosed MS cases are incorrect. Yeah. 
I don't have that statistic. I don't know anything. But that would be fun to... I'm just playing... Yeah. I like to investigate yeah. things like that. I'm surprised I never have with that one. Well, especially the ones that aren't cut and dry. Right. I mean, right. You're the saying that they kind of playing with some symptoms. You're saying based got, on my symptoms and yeah. the other tests that you've done that this is probably what I have. Yeah, and that this one, is what's going to yeah. happen. So yeah. how many... And then we could get into the whole like screening process of like pre-screening for breast cancer or yeah. colon cancer and all of the and all of the things that could go I could do a deep dive into that yeah, yeah, about yeah. my own personal feelings about that <laughs> yeah but it we'll stick to this particular so, yeah day. this is good so he um got this diagnosis he was a little bit in denial um the symptoms progressed um he started doing medications that did that were not very effective and in fact probably made him sicker than mm-hmm. he was prior to taking them um and at one point he had watched um some sort of an interview or something with uh what's Montel, that? Williams. Montel Williams thank you um who also has MS and it was showing how he had um gotten a nutritionist in to teach him the proper things to eat to help with inflammation and the foods to avoid. Um, he got a personal trainer in to help him, you know, have develop a, an exercise regimen to so, keep him going and mobile. I don't know. It just occurred to me that maybe a lot of our listeners have no idea what we're talking about. This was a black gentleman who had a talk show, what, 90s? I think so, yeah. And he's been in... Something yeah, shows movies. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he so that's how we know the guy's name. Yeah, and when an, he got diagnosed, a it was a right. It was it a was a big deal thing. Right. for okay. us, for people in our generation. Right. Anyway, um, and so this gentleman that I'm referring mm. to um, had remarked that, uh, well, of course he can afford to hire all those people to do those things for him, and I'm like, yeah, but he still has to do the work. He still has to eat the food and he still has to do the, the treadmill every day or the crunches or whatever yeah. it is. Like he, yeah, he does have the benefit of having, uh, being able to afford the other time, people to help him. But, the money. Right. But uh, yeah. we have so many resources available to us that we can do this stuff on our own. And, and maybe that makes us just a little bit stronger even because mm-hmm. we have to do this on our own. Right. Um, right. He, you know, his success is not based on his bank account. His right. success is based on, you know, how he's feeling about himself mm. inside and this and whether he's going to take this lying down kind of thing. Right. Right. So that's one example of like we don't when you get diagnosed with something, you don't automatically your prognosis doesn't change depending mm. on your financial status. Mm. So so we can take that out of there. That doesn't that has nothing to do with it. It's uh, about sure in some cases if you can afford to fly to Brazil or someplace yes. that has better treatments yes. for certain things. Yes. Yes, but, if you don't have the day-to-day worries and concerns and chores and time restrictions. Of course. And your full-time job can be just taking care of yourself yes. yeah. and working out wow. and eating well, you oh. know, right? Imagine yeah. imagine if your full-time <laughs> job is just you, right? Of course we could be we could be the healthiest people on the planet this or we is... could be the biggest couch potatoes yeah. depending on Well, it's those lines is why I play the lottery all the time. <laughs> I like the idea of not having to worry or focus on the everyday bullshit. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, yeah, so the prognosis, so, well, I've got a few thoughts going on. That's why I'm talking like this. 
I feel like you're hinting at the way you handle your prognosis is, yes, we just brought up finances, but also your mental state, how yeah. you handle things. Yes. Maybe, maybe your core personality, how you handle things in life. Right. But, but the reason I did that, and now I'm sort of hopping all over and I apologize, but I'm thinking about my um, youngest son who was born special needs, global delays, nonverbal, doesn't right. eat by mouth. His diagnosis was a chromosome disorder. And the prognosis, they would say, well, uh, there's just not enough data. Some of these children die by the age of one, and I think you should know that because, of course, they're telling us this on day four of his life. Mm. Or, you know, some of them live to be, you know, a good 20, 30 years old. And then fast forward to me Googling and Mm. finding Facebook groups and doing all Mm. sorts of my own research. Turns out some of these people are into their 60s and functioning just fine. And what's the difference? And what's the difference? But my, my initial brain thoughts were, Henry doesn't have the capacity to reason out his diagnosis. He doesn't even know what his diagnosis or prognosis is. So is someone like Henry going to live a long time because he just doesn't know any different, you know? Right. Well, and you're making me think of um, a dog I had once that Uh was at six months of age. He was diagnosed with um, DM, which is degenerative myelopathy, which is pretty much the doggy form of MS. Okay. And so they told us at that time, well, these oh. dogs don't live much past the age of three and blah blah de And that dog lived to be almost 11, you know, because <laughs> he, he didn't know what his prognosis you're was. You're giving him love. You're feeding him well. Right. You're, you're providing got, that environment. Yes, right. he got proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation every night. Like we did, we did work, we worked with him. And when it came to the end of his life, he didn't know. Right. He didn't know so he the difference. Just he just lived his life. <laughs> right. So right. wait a minute. What prompted you to get this diagnosis on a six month old puppy? Uh, well, because we, we wanted to make him part of our breeding program. And it was the, oh. the appropriate thing to do. I and, see. Um, okay. So any other schmuck would never have known their dog had any of this. They, right. Right. Did and, he not act differently? Uh, yeah, no, we, it was, this, oh, was, just a, this was just a random, a, a test that we yes, did because yes, yes. for his breed, he was a boxer mm-hmm. and for his breed, um, they have a lot of different things, heart things that go on and cancer yeah, and, yeah. and all these weird markers that they can have. So we just test for everything I see. before we enter and them into they the went, breeding burr, program. Burr. Yeah. And then they said, no. So it was, so we had to have him neutered. Well, we didn't have to, we chose to have him neutered, but, um, but I refused to believe that my beautiful six month old puppy was going to be dead in six months. I just wasn't going to, I wasn't going to have it. I carried on like nothing was wrong. And, uh, 11, almost 11 years later, he, you know, when it was the end of his, and that's old for a boxer anyway. Yes, that is old for a boxer. Right, right. So same idea. They don't, you know, mm-hmm. there's the difference between our perceptions uh, mean everything, like our perceptions of pain, our perceptions of our diagnosis, right. um, our perceptions of even how we perceive other people and their limitations. You or mean their, if they have a disability? A physical of disability or of you know, something that's obvious well, or that even not so obvious, yeah, the mental stuff. very big. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So perception is everything. Like that's just a person having an experience in this Mm -hmm. lifetime Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be negative. Oh, poor, 
poor Henry, he doesn't know how delicious French fries are. I'm like, exactly. He doesn't he know, doesn't to, know. <laughs> to, to miss that. Right. 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 It is interesting, though, to wrap your brain around that mentality of right. things. Right. Like you just, what did you just say two seconds ago? It's, it's their experience. Their or, perception. I mean, we're, they're having an experience. They're having their, their own experience yeah. in this human, yeah. in this human, in his case, human life. Right. And in my dog's case, the canine life. Like right. that's just, I'm just a witness to their experience. Oh, I know what else I was going to say too. When Henry got his genetic testing, um, they told me, and I don't think anybody would know this unless you were a geneticist or in the medical uh, schooling or a profession, but your chromosomes, uh, all of us who walk around and function just fine in the world, we can have all sorts of anomalies happening on our chromosomes, spaces, deletions. Uh, if there's a deletion, another part of a chromosome can go and complete it so that it keeps working. So like if we all had, um, genetic testing, you might look at all of ours and been like, oh my God, things How are, are all we over the functioning. Place. Which I always say all the time. You just right. have to watch the miracle of life once. Yes. And you're like, wait a minute. How does thousand planets have to align at precisely this <laughs> moment in temperature? And we're an overpopulated right. globe. Like, right. I don't understand. I know. This. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, well, my grandmother and my mother both had diabetes, and so I'm going to have it. Yeah. Like, just buying into that, you know for yourself. Right. Um, but do you eat the same as they do, right. as they did? Do right. you have the same relationship issues? Do you have the same job stress, the same environment, home environment, or living environment in general, like outside? Um, like, what's the thing that turned it on for you? I want, I want to take this moment to share something I learned uh, from a very, very intelligent person. And I want to say right off the bat, again, I'm vegan. We've talked about this. I am by no means pushing that agenda. I'm simply stating it because it, it relates to what I'm about to say. The reason I learned all that stuff and be became vegan is from the scientific learning I was reading. It wasn't just fluff, okay? Right. I was reading, and, and the book in particular that I'm talking about, it's called um, The China Study, and it's by an Ithaca nutrition professor named T. Colin Campbell. This book is incredibly scientific. It's all the bars and charts and graphs, all of the studies. You really want to be left-brained if yeah. you're reading that bad you know, boy. <laughs> I, I felt amazing. And when you have the drive to learn this stuff, like I was a sponge. If I had taken a nutrition course when I didn't give a shit about nutrition, this would have been a very hard read. But I was vested and I wanted to learn. His research, and we're talking decades of research, which began with mouse, mice and rats. And then um, later... I believe, oh my God, don't quote me. Now I have to go back to my book. It may have been tested on a small group of humans, but, but the biggest takeaway was um, when they fed, he found out that when they fed these rats um, animal products such as dairy, cheese, meat, the markers, he was specifically looking at cancer markers, would, would turn on. That's how he would word it. They would turn on. Mm. And when you remove those products from the rat's diet, they would turn off. Okay. And he just found this to be inc incredible information. 
and he did many different variations of this study and it always came out to be turn cancer turned on with animal products cancer turned off with a whole food plant-based diet um nobody knows this this is not news nobody knows this they don't talk about that uh the big committee of they they don't talk about right right so so this is one professor study he's certainly not a nobody then again, he's what? I think he's almost 90. He still yeah. lives in Ithaca. He jogs every day. His best friend is another plant-based guru. They're both in their 90s, and they're doing very well. Eh, just saying. So maybe right. what, how they're eating. Partially, But then it yeah. got me thinking about um, all of the factors Again, back to Montel Williams, the physical, the diet, the how active you're going to be, which all links to your mentality. Uh, oh, my grandma. That's what, ge- you know, genetic markers. Oh, well, my grandma and everybody in the family had heart disease and diabetes. So I'm doomed. Well, let's, fig- let's figure out why, why did they, what causes that? Oh, dietary things cause that. I'm not even talking about veganism, just things you eat. Uh, where am I going with this? <laughs> so, the, so this isn't talked about very often. I don't even think with a common Western doctor, they're not discussing that topic right. of that it's, it's not a predestined cycle. Well, because the implications of yeah. that are, Help me are out here. huge, right? Like saying, <laughs> letting something like that get out. <laughs> too deeply right. especially in the medical community right. um the implications are are that that oh my gosh what would happen to the meat industry yes. what would happen to the Which cheese it, industry it, and like, it's all linked to money somehow pharmaceuticals yes. whatever yes. the the whole eating you could grow all the shit in your backyard for free and eat right. it all and be healthy right. that's not benefiting capitalism <laughs> right so right go. they don't they don't like that. they don't like the that. big committee of they they don't like that but i will also say that um that that's not necessarily true for every individual that eating meat turns on those markers, right? And so that's the gray area. That's where it gets sticky um, is because some people actually need that animal products. And some of that maybe, I don't know, I'm not an expert, but maybe that's linked to our our actual DNA or like our cultural heritage, Mm -hmm. like where, you know, where our ancestors lived. Um, the gentleman I was referring to before with the MS, um, he is from a culture where the climate is very different than the climate here Mm -hmm. and vitamin D levels are, are met sufficiently in that climate where they aren't met here as well. And so you have, you you know, doing a supplement of vitamin D would be beneficial. However, you want to get that vitamin D sitting out in the sun as much as possible or whatever, whatever it is. So each, and this is kind of my whole point is that everything comes down to each individual human being having symptoms. Yes. If you have the same symptoms as the next person in line with you, yes, you're two different people two coming different. from two different environments and yep. two different histories. Like I cannot diagnose or treat you as a physician if I were a physician. Yeah. 
the sa- at least I shouldn't. No. The same way that I'm going to treat right. the person right next to you. They're, you're different people. You're Not different bodies. Not to mention bodies. all these symptoms overlap so much. Yes. And all the anomalies yes. that happen in the body. Yeah. You know, we talked about before how we're not that chart on the doctor's wall. Right, like that's right. not what our body looks like in there. And it's there's so many anomalies that you can't possibly, no matter how long you're on this planet or how hard you study, you can't know it all. Right. And so when you go to a doctor who thinks that they know it all, you're at the wrong doctor's yeah, office. Along. They should, and this is a really important point for my practice too, is that I cannot treat everybody the same and I cannot I'm not curing anybody I'm not healing anybody I'm helping people connect with their bodies so that they can obtain their own healing by going within and I think that is far more powerful I do too Um, and but I can't do it the same for everybody why do you think so many people don't want to take accountability for Mm. their own bodies why are so many is it is it my little quote I shared this little quote with Laura the other day. Um, People like to hear good news about their bad habits. Yes. Is it that simple? I mean, that's, that's part of it for sure. You know, and like the, the idea that, um, hold on, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. That's okay. Hold please. Okay. I thought it was back, but it's not. (laughs) But well, so yeah. People don't want, okay, so we're talking about why people don't want to take accountability for their own stuff. And some people do. But if you, if you, if somebody walks up to you and says, I'll give you a million (laughs) dollars just for being you. Okay. And the next guy walks up and says, I'll give you $2 million, but you've got to do A, B, and C. Uh, Okay. You have to real, you have to think like, okay, this A, B, and C portion, what does that involve? You have to ask more questions, first of all, right? Like, ooh, two million sounds great, but what what would I have to do, right? Well, you have to um, have a daily yoga practice documented. Oh, I hear. You have to have a daily writing script, you know, a writing um, time to write or whatever. Like, they give you very specific things that you have to do. Yes for yourself and document it in order to get that $2 million. And, and what it's more work. It's too, it's, it's more involved than somebody just walking up and handing you a cure, right? Here's a, here's a million dollars. Like you don't have to ever worry about money again or whatever. Like who, okay. How about this? It's lovely. Who wouldn't want that? Yeah. But let's put a spin on the, yeah, please. Let's do it. A million dollars. Um, but you're going to die by the age of 70. And, mm. and you might have some dementia, but that's it. You're 38 now. Here's a mil- well, million, let's say five million. Okay, that's even more fun. Five million dollars, but you're going to die with dementia by 70. Mm. Or here's two million dollars. I need you to do yoga an hour, work out for an hour, eat as clean as possible all the time. You can have a treat now and then. And... And you won't have any dementia and you'll live to be 90. But th- but you only get a million dollars. Right. Or, ooh, <laughs> here's, here's $10,000. Oh. <laughs> I had to lower the amount. 
Yeah, see how that changes? Yeah, it's like you're answering your own question right there. Why don't people, why are people so resistant to believe that they could change their own lives? I think with my scenario, well, it was also yours. I don't know if you put it in yours. Yours is better because you always go a little bit more in depth than I love that. I think a lot of people at this point now would say, 70's great. That's a long life. I'll be just fine. Mm. And she didn't specify how long I had dementia. I'll just say I have dementia for eight months. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. But but I've always wanted that place on the lake, and I've always wanted a boat. This is I'll worry no-brainer. about the dementia later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then we talked about before also <laughs> about the older you get, the the younger oh, yeah. 70 feels, yeah, right? Totally, totally. So you go to a 38-year-old and say yeah. the, all of those things. It's yeah. going to be different than going to a 58-year-old mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, saying all those mm-hmm. things. Wow, that's only like 20, less than 20 years. Like, how do, right. you know, like you think about things differently at different stages of your life after right. having different experiences. Absolutely. And so I always try to make it really clear to anybody who comes into my practice that I am not going to fix you. Because right. first of all, I don't think there's anything broken um, and I'm oh. not going to heal you. Right. I'm going to help you connect with your body so that the healing can come from the inside out. And that's the that's valuable. And then they cry. No one's ever cared about me this much. You know, I actually had this weird dream <laughs> that um, I got into trouble with a doctor in in the medical community and I don't know this doctor I have no idea who they were okay. but it was just a, a random doctor a random in in the world doctor. right a random dream doctor um was he hot <laughs> what is just being you? stupid it's a uh, let's say the, he was not what okay was his name on um sh- um uh, what's that big doctor show that everybody likes? House? No, no, no. Oh, the, the, why uh, doesn't everybody Grey's like Anatomy. Oh, Grey's Anatomy. Oh, oh Nick Dreamy. Nick Dreamy. That's what I'm doing, people. Jesus. Was okay. he? Okay. So well, that makes more sense. Okay. Why, why go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I may or may not have lost my train of Your dream. And the oh, doctor my pissed you so off. I had this, you no, no. I pissed the doctor, the doctor off because... Um, yeah. Because when I do an intake with somebody, it's very thorough. And, mm. I ask, and I've had several people say to me, like, nobody's ever asked me all these questions all at once like this. I'm like, why? Why isn't the medical, why isn't the medical community you doing this? You had a this? dream about you being thorough. Well, it was like, you know, like you wake up and you know the essence of the yeah, dream, right? Yeah, like yeah. I knew the essence of the dream. And yeah. it was like, I was like in trouble. Um, I was in trouble like... Um, in the Get sense that I was right, like yeah. there, it was being questioned whether or not I should be allowed to yeah. continue on with my practice because I was maybe she's found the loophole. <laughs> Get rid of she's her. She's making us look bad. Yeah. Somebody That's off right. her. That's right. um, so if I ever end up off, you'll yeah. know oh, it was no. this Dr. McDreamy from my dream. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but anyway, um, I I'm seeing people every day in my practice not every single day but on the days that I work obviously and I try to give my all to each one of those Mm. people as they come in whereas if you go to a medical facility most times and I think most people will agree and I'm you're talking about a a a walk-in clinic any any even your your own doctor any doctor's office anywhere doing anything sure 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 I would love to hear from somebody who feels like they are always completely heard no and it's worth the price of admission no I I have I hear no one ever I mean even saying that even having a doctor for years and years and years I never had a detailed intake getting to really know me 
Yes, right. you fill out the form. Oh, my mom had cardiac right. issues. My Again, dad. Yeah, there we go, yeah, right? It's always There's with that. the family history bullshit. Family history. And family history is important, I think, but but the what's even more important than the family's medical history mm-hmm. is the family's emotional history. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, nobody ever talks nobody about that. Talks about How, what that. was it like for you as a child? That's not you know? on any forms. That's yeah, right. There's no forms about that. And Missing that is so what much. shapes you. It's the whole. It's the whole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it reminds me of a story that I heard when I was in um, hypno, I was taking hypnotherapy classes. And um, there was a story of an oncologist who, and I'm going to totally paraphrase this story for a bunch of reasons. Um, It was an oncologist who was sending his cancer patients to see the local hypnotherapist. And they were, he was noticing that the Hmm. patients who were actually going there and doing the work were the ones who were coming out on the other side and going into remission. And so when he himself contracted cancer, Uh he went to see this hypnotherapist and the hypnotherapist put him in the chair and he regressed him back until he was in utero. And when he got in utero, this, this oncologist curled up in the chair and screeching and turning bright red with water pouring from every orifice of his body and was in extreme agony. And so the trained therapist pulled him back out of that in a safe way. And when he brought him out of the hypnosis, he said, you know, can you explain to me what you were feeling at that, at that time? And he said, I don't know. It just felt like my whole body was on fire. And he said, well, I would encourage you to go back and, and ask your mom about the, the, how her pregnancy was with you in those stages of pregnancy. And he says, well, my mom had me when she was, I think, 14 or 15. And, uh, and she's no longer with us. I was raised by my grandmother. And he says, well, would your grandmother know some of that? And he said, well, we've never talked about it, but I'm willing to go ask. Oh, my God. Where's this going? So I'm he, riveted. So he went and talked to his grandmother. And his grandmother finally came clean after 30 some years and said, when your mother was pregnant with you, she uh, allowed her boyfriend to douche her with a caustic substance to try to eliminate the pregnancy. (laughs) And it obviously didn't work. But he re-experienced that when this therapist brought him back in utero. Because our cells are what hold those memories. So those memories that he didn't even know were true his entire life shaped his cells in a way that made him predisposed for cancer but also made him predisposed to want to treat cancer to try to help people all the while feeling like he wasn't supposed to be here he didn't belong here oh we felt that way of course how you can't I don't think that you can get cancer if you haven't had that feeling about yourself at least one time in your life wait a minute that's an incredibly bold statement you just said yes so if you've never felt that way about yourself in life I would love to meet the person who has never once felt about themselves on any level that they weren't good enough, didn't deserve to be here, weren't loved. I, I challenge okay. I challenge any individual who hasn't had We're not talking that all thought. the way to like suicide thought. Of course not. No. Just, I see, no. I see. It's just that. I took it too far. You took it. Well, yeah, but it was still a bold statement. You weren't wrong about that. Yeah. It is a bold statement. It's just my belief though, right? There's This okay. is just my belief. And uh, I believe that. If you if you have that early, even with this particular gentleman back in in utero, yeah, um, those cells re- yeah. remember that, yeah. and so anything moving forward that is in um, 
agreement with that mm. will stick, mm. right? And mm-hmm. so that idea will start to build. Mm. Anything that isn't in, gre- in agreement with that will be repelled. So if he believes I'm not wanted, anybody that wants him throughout his life, he's not going to believe them and he's going to push them away. He's yeah. going to repel them. Was he single? And so, I, I don't know. Oh, I'm not even trying to be yeah. funny. No, I, I, don't, like, I don't know that detail, yeah. but I would imagine he's that had 14 having, having led to... Yeah. To be in a place where he was diagnosed yeah. with cancer, that he had some things Crazy that were story. sticking to him that weren't so great. So the the mm. what the the moral of the story is that people in most cases would rather die from cancer than to understand why they had it to begin with. That's a bold statement. I would take it a millistep further or branch from that and mm. say that most people wouldn't even question the why they just got it right oh i knew it they don't want to take responsibility for well because i didn't do anything this goes to to that accountability part of our our four a's right in the first episode but wouldn't you say most people don't most people think you just get cancer or you don't yeah i think they do think that and i don't believe that i don't either but we're we're separate reasons right i don't believe it either that's why I don't think cancer just happens. But I but I've even had this conversation with my husband and maybe even with you. I feel un uh what's the, let me phrase this perfectly. Um uh unhealthily cocky <laughs> in the thought that I'm not going to get cancer. And then people ask why and I tell them why. Mine is diet related, mm. but it's cocky. I recognize that. But that's see, cocky. I have the luxury of knowing you, so I know that even though diet wise you're doing the right things yeah. by yourself, I also happen to know that you do work through some emotions when they come up and uh-huh. from your childhood or from you. You recognize right. Um, and recognizing is the first step because you can you how can you work through anything if you don't recognize of it course. first, right? And sometimes it has to keep coming up and sure. keep coming up before we finally get the courage to to say, hey, I've got to work through this. Yeah. This is a theme in my life or yeah. whatever. So I so I don't I beg to differ that it's not just because you eat a vegan yeah. diet. It's yeah. because you have a healthy mindset when things come up that are uncomfortable or. But that is cocky. So then so then I'll uh, jump ahead and go okay. In two weeks, I'm diagnosed with cancer. Hmm. Am I sitting there completely befuddled? How would to... you How would you get diagnosed? Walk me through that. Oh yeah. Um, well, I don't know what happens to people who get cancer. What What happens to them so... to get diagnosed? It's a pain thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're a, gonna have to edit paying? this out. No pain. Oh pain. P a i n. I'm gonna feel like a complete idiot after I well, keep talking right how many now. women have been diagnosed with cancer from oh, having okay, a mammogram mammogram okay right. uh, so they're going about their life it's fine someone's told them to do this screening test yes and they do it because yes. you're a certain age and yes. all your friends ask blabbity, you blabbity yeah. blabbity blabbity blah oh we found the lump yeah when okay <laughs> gonna sound, people are gonna if we ever they're open gonna hang up, up on us <laughs> Well, at this point, it would be simply hitting the stop button. But in the future, if we open up communication lines, this one we're going to get probably... ripped to shreds. No, I will. Hey, this is all me talking right now. 
Wait, I had a thought. It's here. your opinion, though, and you are entitled to It's totally to it. my opinion. Look, go, everyone. Somebody convinces them to go have. all over this commentary <laughs> that lead to this is my opinion. Uh, I know I'm, quote, supposed to get a mammogram every year after the age of 50, I believe. Maybe it's gone down to 40, but I, I have 50 no now. idea. I don't go every year because I told you I'm cocky. I'm not getting cancer. It's not. Oh, no, thank you. Oh, and by the way, it's not in my family. So I can play that game too. Okay. But but let's just say at year seven, I'm like, yeah, I'll touch base. It's been, it's been seven years. And they find a little lump. Yeah. I think I would sit there. This, listen, cancer's not funny. It's I'm not laughing funny, at myself right course. now. Because I think I'm picturing myself sitting there completely befuddled and that it must have been a mistake. Do it again. I don't <laughs> think that's correct. So how do I... Maybe this is like too healthy of a mindset. They actually find a lump and I'm in denial because how could I possibly have gotten cancer? Right. I don't know what to do with that thought right now. It's yeah. stupid. Well, I, and I think it's important to note that we all have cancer cells in our body all the time. Yes. And the cancer cells love to be in a specific environment depending on the type of cancer and depending on where it is in the body. So if its environment is supportive of it um, yeah. taking over the situation, it will do so without without any guilt right. about anything right, like right, it doesn't right, right. It, you're it's not going oh it's not this is a nice cushy room and would would she be mad if i brought in a few friends like yeah. the, the cancer doesn't reason like you know that. what it i take it, it right i out. take it all back all of it <laughs> a majority of it. of it and listen it's not even because know. i'm afraid of what people think <laughs> i'm taking it back because my brain is now working a little more coherently and we aren't perfect humans in bubbles right I have infinite number of factors that would that could play into anything. Anything. Right. And it, of course, it's not just what I'm eating. Oh, and by the way, I do have a donut now and then. So it's <laughs> not like I'm perfect. Right. So forget the whole diet thing. Now I've got stress. I've got right. things in my environment. I've Now got, you're getting it. Yeah. <laughs> All there right. you go. Chris, now we're on the same page. Came to terms with yes. this whole topic. We're okay. on the anyway. same page. So whether okay. or whether or not you <laughs> get a diagnosis for cancer does not is not indicative of whether you actually have it, right? Because if you're not getting screened, then you don't know that you have it. And <laughs> right. if you don't know that you have it, then you can't buy into the idea that this is the prognosis for it and these are the treatments you yeah. have to have for yeah. it. And so we all have these cancer cells in our body that come and go based on our environment and our thought processes and blah de dee blah de dee blah yeah. Yeah. So this gentleman, this oncologist, was yes. simply saying, I mean, this, these are his words that people would rather die of cancer than to understand why they have it to begin with. Um, because he had seen it in his own practice. People that refused to go to the hypnotherapist oh, because they didn't, they didn't want to know. Or they didn't believe in that They working. didn't believe in that so work. Either one. And they, or a little of both or sometimes, both. usually. That's a um, bunch of hooey. Right. I'm not doing that. That's You can't tell yeah. me that my subconscious, you know. But but mm. now he was a full-on believer. Mm. He he saw the, the benefit of it in the patients who had gone and, yeah. and gone into remission. And so he thought, well, if they benefited from it, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try. Doesn't matter what his motivation was to go try it. It's the fact that he tried it and it was successful. Does remission just mean that you go back to the state before you had cancer? Yes. Yeah, because if it's always in you, right? I, I guess. I, I mean, technically, we're all, we're in, all remission, in remission, whether we have been yeah. diagnosed with cancer right, or right, not. Right, right. If you look at it like that, sure. Right? So, that's what I want to understand. So, to to me, like, what's a healthy mindset around that? I mean, that's up to the individual. If you're someone who yeah. who is plagued with the idea that you could have breast cancer, for yeah. example, and you need you feel like you need to get a mammogram every six months, that's then, hey, have that's at it. your. Well, call. we're always saying that you do you. Right? You should not be forced into doing anything with your body that you do not want to do. Um, so I think that's important if you feel like you want to get screened because yeah. your, your mother had yes, died yes. of breast cancer, then you should please, get screened. Please, let's but, make that clear. Yes. Mostly I'm from my hundred percent yes, clear. Yes, yes. Uh, 100% clear. I, you know, do what feels right to you, but try to maybe uh, preemptively say, why is this important to me? Right. To go have this screening. Is it because you've the, you, you're fearful or is it because you are, you want to make sure you're doing everything right yeah. in your life. And that's like a little bit of a marker to say, right. whoo, cancer free. You know, yes, right. it's a beautiful thing to be cancer free. We're not, none of right. us are cancer free. We all have cancer cells. We already said that disclaimer. Yeah. Um, yes. Anyway, I feel like that's a agreed, you know, with, with, I guess all in any testing. What is it? And here's the, Oh, here's the other little no. bit I wanted to say about that is that, I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a time where I heard about uh, someone passing away, uh, say, in their sleep or whatever, and nobody knew why they died, yeah. and they did an autopsy, and they discover that she had breast cancer. Of course that's probably happened. What, when has that happened? Well, I don't know. I'm not a me- I don't read the medical journals. Like nobody knew she was sick. She never went to the doctor. She never well, got sure, checked. Well, sure, especially if she the, died. She had of, no symptoms. She all of a sudden just died. Are like, you wondering if that's possible? Yeah. That full-on stage four breast cancer? And, and not know it. Oh. What are the symptoms of that? And I, how do we know? Because do, well, we, wait, do so, we ever get there without treatment? Okay, so so yes, you're dabbling in a realm. Yeah. Well, I'm asking questions because I really don't know. Yeah. My simpleton brain, which we've well established in this (laughs) podcast, (laughs) is that by the time you've got stage four, I'm assuming stage four is the one that kills you. It's the end stage of the cancers that kill you, right? You don't die at stage one, right? I mean, I suppose you could if you got hit by a bus or something. Come on, buses, stop it. No. But that's sort of what you're talking about. Somebody who just dies. Oh, and by the way, they had cancer. I'm thinking if someone has stage four breast cancer, they're going to have a growth and a lump and some massive indication, something wrong in their body, probably pain. Listen, we're not doctors. I'm going to Google the hell out of this. When I get off. <laughs> well, I hope everybody does. That's the point. Well, I mean, yes, but get to know it. You know, get to I know it. I was thinking something more subtle like, um, well, I mean, were you talking specifically cancer? I guess I was thinking breast Some, cancer. Yeah, okay. So I, specifically, I'm thinking like, a stage four cancer of any type is a massive growth and takeover of your body which would cause pain symptoms you'd have symptoms physical. of some sort right yeah i mean even, you would think even yeah. uh, skin cancer that starts early right i mean that's what killed my grandmother it took over her head she just ignored it and kept combing her hair over it oh and then by the time someone was like what is that oh my god it was okay like, and then what happened 
she died from it. Did they treat her for it? Did they try treatment? No, she didn't want treatment. Okay, so she just she just allowed it to take her over. That's and a perfect I, example. Yeah. I think it... How old it, was she when she passed? 70-something. Okay. 80, 80-something. Okay. 80-something. Would you go through treatment if you were 80 and got diagnosed with cancer? It, yes, but mine, mine might stir the pot. Ooh, we're here to stir the pot. Currently, right now, being healthy and not experiencing this, I am not speaking for anybody who has all the disclaimers, all of them. I personally would like to look into, you know, extreme fasting or some sort of dietary... Starve the cancer ...alternative medicine. I'm not interested in the chemicals. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. That's me. Am I going to rock boats? People in my world? Oh, hell yeah. She's fucking losing her shit. Right. Why didn't someone tell what her is she, she thinking? has to right. do radiation chemo? Right. Because it's her body. It's my That's body. Why. And you, none of you have to get this. And I don't have to none be here you. for you to carry on. I don't and have to be in this physical body for you to continue be, to have a life. That would be a really hard, especially yeah. when you've got kids and a husband that loves you. And you're telling your family, I'm yeah. going the very untraditional route. I'm going to be in Ohio for six months. Right. See you on the flip side. Right. Good luck. See you when They're I get back. They're going to look at me like I'm nuts. Right. But that's what my gut is but telling me. But that should be your I choice. Yeah. Right. I hope I never have the. I hope I never have to talk about it. Me I hope too. I never, and knock on uh, the wood. Eight eight thousand and fortieth disclaimer here. I might change my fucking mind. <laughs> what are you going to do? Right. Don't hold it against me. Don't if I change hold it my against mind. me. I mean, if exactly. you put it in my lap, I might go. Oh fuck! All right, you know what? Never mind. Yeah, burn it yeah. out of me. <laughs> I don't know. Just kidding. I don't really want that. I don't know. Yeah. And for anyone out there who's listening, who is in the middle of all this. It's we are awful. sensitive to that. Yes. It is awful. I yes. was chuckling earlier. It was not on the topic of cancer. It was me being an idiot to myself. Yeah. But no, it's awful. Yes. I, I guess the other thing I would wish, and again, I'm not projecting, is, you know, do some research. Yes. Just because the words chemo and radiation swirl around the word cancer. By one doctor that you go to, get a second, yeah, third, second, fourth third, opinion, fourth, whatever. If you need to go up. see six yeah. doctors and they have them all tell I, you the same thing before you make your choice, then, then do that. But you have to decide you have to for yourself. This is your vessel. This is the body that you came into yeah. and that you are going yeah. to leave from. We're all going to die some way. How, you know, yeah. y- y- if you have the opportunity to choose, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. choose uh, yeah, for yourself. It's, it's tricky. I mean, I don't think we're going off the beaten path too much. Uh, I mean, it, it's all kind of it's under the related. realm of diagnosis, prognosis. But I do love this analogy of the uh, a video game analogy, right? Yeah. Um, of you're playing a video game and you play one level and okay so for those of us who just are... use the the game system you're on Laura <laughs> Commodore 64 <laughs> what was it Nintendo 64 <laughs> Mario Brothers whatever um, each level that you go on has new and different challenges that come mm. in and when you first start playing it it's it's, it's hard easy. No, when you first started. No, easy. when you first level up to the next oh, level. level up, yeah, level the first up. game. Okay, yes, yes, first yes. level, easy. You go to the second level, all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, what are these new things yeah. coming at me? And it takes a minute to figure mm. it out. And to, this is a new landscape and a new new monsters throwing things at me or whatever it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you And then you kind of 
get through that and you master that second level and then you bump up to the third level and now there's all the other things plus these things coming at you. So healing can be a lot like that. Mm -hmm. You come in for, I have this specific pain in my glute and, uh, and we're going to work through that. But the, some emotional things might come up. And then the next level might be the emotional things plus or, a different kind of pain somewhere. Or, or they came in on level five and you're like, look, we got to start the system over. Right. We got to start at the first level. You yeah. can't learn algebra until you know how yeah. to add, subtract, yeah. multiply, and divide. I like that. Yeah. I like that analogy. So that's that's what happens with it. You know, you, that's why we can't fix anybody. We can right. only help them navigate the, the level that they're on and sometimes bring them back to a different level so that they can better understand the challenges of that fifth level that yeah. they came in on. Yeah, that's... Why yeah. it's super important. Yeah, diagnosis. I mean, it doesn't even have to be the big C word. It can be, um, you know, like eczema. You know, there's there's the group of people who give me the cream, and then mm-hmm. there's the other group that are like, well, wait, why do I have eczema? Right. I don't think enough people are asking the why. Right. right. I could be wrong, but in my or- general experience talking to people... They don't, they aren't they don't really know why. Out. Well, because my mom had it. Of course I have it. Or what about tinnitus? That doesn't run in families. Uh, uh, my mom didn't have ringing in her ears. My right. dad didn't have ringing in his ear. Why do I have ringing in my ears? It's like if we can tie it to somehow blame our ancestors yeah. or somebody in our, then, then we're like, oh, then it's not our fault. It's not our fault. You know, it's but easier, if it's something, yeah, if it's something that isn't connected yeah. to them, then we, then we blame ourselves. It's our fault that we have this thing. And But we are coming full circle to your core personality and right. are you someone who want, who is interested and wants to learn or are you someone that's like you know what I am so I'm so busy I got 18 kids <laughs> no 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 okay, what give me the pill right I like all the sci-fi movies with pills yes I can I can think of a couple right yeah now. exactly yeah yeah they're anyway, good ones. well pill. as with every single podcast we could Go on for a while. Right. We could branch off. Maybe something we revisit later. Yeah. But I like that. And I like that you're dealing with that all the time. Your level of pain or suffering is not indicative of the length of your life. So how much you're suffering from something is not necessary, does not mean that that's the thing that's going to kill you because maybe what you're actually suffering for is from is an emotional underlying right. emotional cause like in the case of the oncologist that's something it that, wasn't about his where'd cancer you, re- you read that or saw it? Uh, it was a story i heard during my training for hypnotherapy that's a, that's yeah a, that's a story man yeah it's an intense that's story intense yeah yeah so his it yeah. wasn't about his cancer at all it was about his belief system which mm-hmm. was based on something that started before he was ever consciously aware that's of it great. And then it stayed with him. But when he uncovered that, his cancer went into remission. Boom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. With no treatment whatsoever. Yeah. Wow. So I'm not saying that can be true for everybody. No, it's certainly true for him. It's 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 one noteworthy story for sure. I feel like this was a little bit of a babbly episode, but it was it was. I don't know. Good. I mean, this is this is what Laura and I do. Yep. We spend hours doing this together off the microphone, so yes. you might as well enjoy it also. <laughs> and if you don't enjoy it, you can just hang up on us. Yeah, That's or fine. you could just, you know, tell your tell your friend that 
likes to babble a lot. Hey, I found a babbly podcast. You might enjoy. Oh, I do want to mention one thing, and we'll talk about this a little more in the next episode, I think. Um, There is an awesome app out there that um, if you are suffering from chronic pain of any kind, whether it's physical or emotional, um, go check out curable.com, C-U-R-A-B-L-E.com. Um, there's, it's a free website, free app that you can download and they have a lot of tools on there that can really And they really have a help. podcast. And they have a podcast called Like Mind, Like Body. Um, and they have been a tremendous source of inspiration yep. and comfort to me on yes. my own healing journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so curable.com, check it out. Excellent. And on that note, we'll see you on the flip side. Meanwhile, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Soma Speaks. Music by Thomas Telford. Produced and edited by yours truly, Chris. Artwork by our AI overlords. Tune in every week for a new episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, always listen to your body.